In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Do not hide your face from me. In you I put my trust. In a few moments we will pray this antiphon together, drawn from the text of Psalm 143. It is a sentiment common throughout Scripture, this longing for the face of God. Psalm 67 begins, May God be gracious to us and bless us, and make his face shine upon us. And Job, amidst his suffering, calls out, Why do you hide your face? Though this can sometimes be the case that God has seemed to turn his face from us, I think it is more often that we, by our sins, hide ourselves from God's face and even outright reject his gaze. For when our first parents sinned and let trust in their creator die in their hearts, they hid themselves from God. And so it has been through history, and so it is with us. Yet God in his great mercy did not hide his face from his people. He revealed it in the most profound way possible, and it led to its most bitter rejection. For in the fullness of time, God sent forth his Son into the world. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have beheld his glory, the glory of the face of God in human vesture, the holy face of Jesus. This is the face that our Blessed Mother and St. Joseph adored in the manger, the face that the shepherds rejoiced to see and that the Magi bowed before, offering their treasures under its light. This is the face that pried forth the tongues of Simeon and Anna in the temple to tell of God's salvation for the world. This is a face that shone like the sun at his transfiguration, a face that showed love to the sick, mercy to sinners, and compassion to the brokenhearted. He was the fairest of the sons of men. Yet, due to our attachment to wickedness and evil, our preference for darkness to light, once more the face of God was rejected. It was put through abject misery, marred, beaten, bruised, cut, spat upon, sullied, and disfigured. This is the face of God that I set before you tonight, the face that had no form or comeliness that we should look at him, and no beauty that we should desire him. This is the face that was set towards Jerusalem and was lined with tears as he wept over the city that would reject him. This is the face that struggled in agony on the ground as he prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, the face that poured forth bloody sweat from its brow. This is the face on which was planted the blistered kiss of Judas, his betrayer, signaling his arrest, the face covered by those who would not look upon their innocent prisoner. This is the face that was struck and spat upon at the trial before the high priest, fractured and split, utterly disgraced, humiliated, and broken the face given to those who pulled out his beard. As this face, not yet halfway through his passion, that caused Peter to weep bitter tears of repentance, the piercing gaze that convicts us of sin. He was led before Pilate, and still the face of God bore more agony. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised, and we esteemed him not. It was upon this face that the whips and scourges lashed, 
tearing flesh from his cheeks as they plowed furrows into his back. This is the face upon which a crown of thorns was placed, driving deep into his forehead so that his entire countenance was red with blood. This is the face that was struck countless times by a reed as soldiers mocked his majesty. Yet he did not protest. He opened not his mouth. In this moment the eternal word spoke no word and allowed his holy face to be stricken for our transgressions. And presenting this face, Pontius Pilate said, Ecce homo, behold the man. And so he was led away to be crucified. His holy face was laid bare before the heat of the morning sun and crushed into the dust of the earth under the weight of his cross. All day long my disgrace is before me, and shame has covered my face. Blood and dirt mingled in his wounds in stinging torment as he rose from the ground each time to make all things new. This is the face that bore still more spitting and insults, with dried blood caked to his beard and his lips cracked open. His eyes were filled with dust and his mouth with blood as he struggled towards the hill of Golgotha. And it was this face that was lifted high upon the cross to be mocked, covered in blood, bruises, dirt, and spittle, and parched with thirst. His appearance was so marred beyond human semblance, and his form beyond that of the sons of men. His countenance was put through such suffering so as to hide his divinity by those who had not the eyes to see it. This is the face of God. The only relief that our Lord received along the Via Dolorosa was from Veronica, who wiped his sweat and blood from his face with her veil. And as she comforted him, he left the true image, the vera icon of his holy face upon her veil. This is indeed the true icon of the face of God, the image of the abject suffering, humiliation, and sorrow he endured to save you from your sins. No one can see the face of God and live, for the very sight of his disfigurement should horrify us and convict us of our sinfulness and depravity, and we would die at the sheer thought of his immeasurable mercy. Yet this is how God chose to reveal himself, how he chose to save us and how he chose to be remembered, by taking on our humanity and subjecting it to humiliation. We recognize one another by our faces. Do we recognize in the face of the suffering Christ our beloved God? We say that God is beauty, that he is love, and that he is mercy. In this face we see the foul ugliness of sin, yet the profound beauty of self-sacrifice. In this face we see the abject hatred and cruelty of man, yet the supreme love out of which the Son of Man suffered. In this face we see one who was tortured without mercy, yet in his gaze the infinite mercy offered to us through his sacrifice. Do not hide your face from me. In you I put my trust. Do not hide this suffering face from me. Or rather, do not hide yourselves from the face of Jesus who longs to pour out his mercy upon you. Embrace it. Console him. Impress his face upon your heart. Let it move you to repentance. Take upon yourself the utter humiliation he endured for your sake. Hide yourselves in the wound of his face and there find his abundant mercy, 
that you may one day enjoy his countenance so radiant in heaven. O Jesus, who in thy bitter passion didst become the most abject of men, a man of sorrows, I venerate thy sacred face whereon there once did shine the beauty and sweetness of the Godhead. But now it has become for me as if it were the face of a leper. Nevertheless, under those disfigured features, I recognize thy infinite love, and I am consumed with a desire to love thee and make thee loved by all men. The tears which well up abundantly in thy sacred eyes appear to me as so many precious pearls that I love to gather up in order to purchase the souls of poor sinners by means of their infinite value. O Jesus, whose adorable face ravished my heart, I implore thee to fix deep within me the eye divine image and to set me on fire with thy love, that I may be found worthy to come to the contemplation of thy glorious face in heaven. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.